Hey guys, um, welcome back to another FPL Nations podcast uh, with myself, Callum Harris, and we have a guest on this week. Uh, we have Hazim, uh, who's this week is replacing Dom. Uh, Dom didn't miss the last game week, but didn't uh, have too much concentration on the last week because he was on holiday. So, welcome Hazim, how are you doing? Hello, hi Callum, I'm great, thank you. It's good to be back. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you. I'm not too bad, yeah. Uh, as most people probably heard, we had uh, Hazim on before. Uh, I think we discussed... I think you were actually our first guest at the time who did a, who did a whole uh, podcast with us. So it's really good to have you back. Yeah, uh, definitely. It's been, it's been a while. Uh, a lot of changes uh, for the worse for me, but we'll talk about it more later then. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's a lot of changes for everyone, I think, especially during these times. So just quickly, we'll run over the um, overview of the last game week. We'll do mine and Hazim's team. Uh, some cup matches in there as well, because I know there's several cups that have started now. I don't know about uh, Brunei Cup, but the England Cup has now begun. Um, we've got... The FPL gods given us an extra free hit, so we'll discuss some strategies around that. And we'll talk a little bit about FPL psychology and mental health, because we haven't actually spoken about that in any of our episodes so far. So it'd be really good to get some insight from yourself as well, Hazim, on that. Um, shall we start with an overview of the last game week? Um, how yes. did you get on? How did you and your team get on? Yeah, so it was quite the frustrating week, I'd say, because day after day we would get cancellations or postpones of the matches. And I think the day of deadline, I've would, I would only, if I didn't change anyone, I would have only had six players playing. <laughs> so I was a bit uh, worried because I'm already, I guess, a bit behind. So I didn't want to just accept having six and then you know kind of miss out on the opportunity of getting points so i thought about it and then i i luckily i had two free transfers um i don't usually have a lot of two free transfers because i tend to always change week by week one player another player so i managed to do a mini i guess wild card by changing four players and that means that i only or did you use the free hit there to do that? I I had to take a minus eight, yeah. So two free transfers and a minus eight. But I had to do it. And instead of having six players for the week, I managed to get 10 players initially, right? And then oh, half an hour before the deadline, we got the news that the Aston Villa game was off. And I just got Watkins in. So basically, that minus four was a waste. Ah, uh, so you got so you got Watkins in before the news was announced. I'm guessing. Yeah, basically, yeah. I I'm you know eight hours ahead of the UK time, so I don't want to make it too last minute to change because uh, it's night time and then we have to go for dinner. So I thought you know changing an hour before the deadline shouldn't make that much of a impact, but. Of course, we found out Aston Villa's game was off, and uh, instead of having 10 players, I then had only 9 players playing. 
So your transfers this week, who do you do you remember who you replaced um, Watkins from? Who who did Watkins replace? Yeah, so I had uh, Vardy, and uh, I changed him for Watkins, and then the rest of the uh, the, the team that I changed, um, I had Mount, who I changed f- um, from Bo- Bowen, because uh, oh, Mount Bowen's yeah also off, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's true. And then I believe I changed um, Duffy for Tierney because Tierney is back playing now instead of um, the other Arsenal left back, Tavares, I believe. Uh, And then I finally changed my keeper because I've always had um, two budget keepers, uh, Sanchez and Gaeta. I've put a lot of faith into them, you know, like... Cheap, cheap goalkeepers are what I want, but they just haven't been doing that great. And then I've been, keep, I've been eyeing on Ramsdale, and he's been surprisingly doing well every time. And you know, you just have to go for him now. Like you know, he's he's quite hot right now in terms of form. So those are my four changes, and in total, with nine players, I managed to get fifty-one points. Although there was a minus eight, so basically that's about. If my math is correct, uh, forty-three points in total. Did you do you know if you got a red or a green arrow this week? I'm forty-three. Yeah, it's definitely it's it's a it's a red arrow. Unfortunately, um, I've been going down a lot from game week nine, I believe, from two hundred k to six hundred k. Yeah, it's a shame this um, free hit this week has come in when it did because if it had come in last week i'm sure that you'd have used it last week to to get around having six players then you could have made some sort of really sort of positive transfers even you know you'd have been able to take watkins out for free antonio for free uh gallagher broger livermento all these players who kind of screwed you over almost um you, you yep. could have had them out so okay so we've got a free hint now do you see a way this week that you're planning on using it? Because at the moment, we've got two fixtures which are postponed. We've got Liverpool versus... Ooh, remind me who Liverpool are playing. I can't remember. I think it was uh, Watford. Or oh, Leeds, sorry. Leeds. Leeds, Leeds. Yes, it was Leeds. So Liverpool missed their big game against Leeds and Wolves missed their big game against Watford. Yeah, um, correct. So we have four players, and obviously a lot of people, in fact, not even a lot of people, everybody has Salah, Jota, Alexander-Arnold. Those three are basically in everybody's teams. Yeah, that's basically a template Dennis. right now. Exactly, exactly. A lot of people have uh, King, a lot of people have Dennis, a lot of people have Jimenez, a lot of people have Jose Sarr, some people have a Wolves defender. You know, there's a lot of people who get you know, almost screwed again. Do you have any kind of idea if you might free hit this week or do you think your your players are safe? Yeah, so um, fortunately this week I do have a playing 11, but I do have the three Liverpool players, so they're all going to be my bench. Um, of course, we don't know yet until the deadline if all the other games are going to be Continuing, I believe there's probably going to be one or two more that might be off. 
But for now, I do have uh, an, a whole team of 11 that's playing. Um, Antonio, I found out, had COVID, but he's recovering and should be in contention to be in the Boxing Day match against Southampton. Sure, and uh, he's had a rest as well. 10 days yeah, rest yeah. for Antonio is always a good thing. Yeah, I, I'm basically, if, even if I have one person coming off and me having 10 in total, playing i'm still happy with that um i don't mind you know having one less but none none more than that really mm-hmm. no that that makes sense do you do you think that if more fixtures got reduced do you have a number of players being out that you would say okay now's the time to free hit would you have to drop to seven six five players to say free hit time now's the time yeah, so uh, of course it's it's nice to have that free hit chip uh, to be used, but we have to think long term and how much value we're gonna get out of it. So trying to remove fires isn't as valuable as taking hits for double game weeks, and I think you know um, I, I would definitely go for double game weeks. Or if you have a, if there's gonna be a blank week when there's only gonna be one or two teams playing. Um, because everybody's going to have the same situation here uh, in terms of not having enough players. So I would assume in terms of points, you know, we're not going to be far off from from the ones at the top. So it's worth to still hold on to your hits, but there's also the other option of being aggressive and trying to take that advantage now to get ahead of your mini-league, you know. But for me, I'm going to hold off uh, for, for the incoming double game week which is i believe the first one that's confirmed will be game week 22 right yes there's possibilities of it the game you know, game week double game week 21 but the chances i believe are now slim of that um the confirmed not confirmed by fpl but the almost confirmed by ben krellin uh yeah i saw i saw his um i saw his post and then he's uh nicely made a schedule of potential matches in terms of which teams will have two matches for game week 22 and 21. Um, but yeah, let's let's just quickly check. Um, are you still in, in your cup matches? So the cup matches who have started for me so far are the overall cup and the England cup. So in the overall cup, I got knocked out in game week 17. Uh, I won my game week 16 match 65-47 and then I got knocked out last week 65-60 and the person I played uh, you they they had Saka and Smith-Rowe versus my oh I'll have to remember now but it was the week where Bernardo Silva got one point um, Bowen got two points, McGinn got three points, Benteke was benched why he let in three goals so yeah i i ultimately lost by five points to my opponent who was rated around three million which was a bit of a shame in the england cup however i'm still in it i started out with a bye so the the england cup began in game week 17 i started with a bye and i beat my game week 18 opponent 67 48 so I'm still in that one. And how about yourself? 
Uh, so in the overall cup, I've lost in the first game week, which was game week 16. And it was quite unfortunate because we actually tied for the same points, which was, I think it was around 64 each. Yeah. So usually when you have a tie, um, it would the first thing they would check is the most goals scored. And my opponent won by one goal uh, more than me. So uh, it's it's a bit unlucky, but... I think it's very difficult to do well week by week. So if I were to win this week, who's to, who's to say I'll win the next week? Because it's so unpredictable right now. Yeah, for sure. I I think luckily the those of us, to be honest, those of us who are probably listening to a podcast take it seriously enough that hopefully the planning that we do should, for most weeks, outweigh the planning that you know, I would call them pretty casuals or, you know, people who don't necessarily do anything to the game other than make their transfers here or there. Uh, I, th- I think we have the advantage in that instance because we have the opportunity to plan ahead and possibly now where we've got the extra chip, we have that advantage where we can use it to get rid of a COVID-ridden team and and stuff like that. So do you have your your country cup? Is that probably hasn't started yet? Am I correct in saying? Yeah, you're right. Um, this I'm assuming it depends on how many people are in that league, I guess. So we probably have a, a much lesser amount. So we haven't started yet. I'm I'm not sure when. Um, let me check. It won't start until game week 25. So I've got a bit of time. Um, I think I think. We sh- we sh- in terms of our league, the FPL nations, we should have one, right? But when I read the description, the the league owner needs to actually activate it. So I hope we get to play because it would be interesting to see how we do against each other. Mm. So the, the the FPL nations league cup starts in game week thirty three. It's already it's already been set up actually. Um... Okay. So game week thirty three, that'll be the first week and if I'm not mistaken, I don't think how many people there are in the group. I think there's about thirty people in the group. So I think maybe a couple of people get a buy and then from game week thirty four it'll go down to sixteen, eight, four, yeah. two winner on the final. That's day. a long way to go though, isn't it? Game week thirty three. That's basically like a month or two before end of the season, so <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That'll start around March, April time, I'd have thought. And uh, the season ends in April, May time. So, yeah, I don't think we get very long before the end of the season for this for this uh, cup to start. Yeah. But I think it'd be fun. I think it'd, I think it'd be a good good laugh and it'll get people a bit more yeah. motivated to... to, to finish to, strong. Yeah, exactly. To finish strong and to uh, eat each other. Yep, and in the last few weeks, I checked. Uh, there's potential to have double game weeks as well. Game week 33, game week 36. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, uh, how you use your chips for those weeks. And I think as well, everyone who saves their chips up until those sort of final few game weeks. So I'm one that generally likes to save my chips as long as I can. So I've found value in bench boosting when you have the highest team value, and I like to, you know, use my triple captain as late as possible um so it's really kind of beneficial to those who 
who leave their chips late and maybe hold off on playing their wild card and things like that. Yep. I I tend to do the same in the past few years. Uh, I don't really impulsively use my chips. However, this year, I wildcarded in game week five, which is fairly early, I would say. So I think for my next wildcard, I'm not going to touch it until uh, either for an emergency or the last... Uh, last you know 10 game weeks or less because i think because of covid we don't know what other changes there might happen there could be more game weeks postponed so you really need to keep your free hits for these kind of situations now mm. yeah for sure no I, I fully agree i think the the chips are best used as a planet sort of as a a planning tool to gain an edge rather than putting out fires. I think Dominic also thinks the same because um, in one of our latest podcasts we we chatted about you know whether using a chip is just putting you know just putting a band aid over your problems or is it actually fixing them? Because so I think one of the things we alluded to was the fact that you can use your free hit now. But then you get your COVID-ridden team back the following week, yep. or you can make some transfers, take a hit if you need to, to remove those players. So hopefully you can build your team rather than just, you know, covering it up for a week and letting two weeks' time sort it out, sort of thing. So I think it's yeah. quite interesting because I think the chips used later on in the season is used in a similar way. Where are you just using the chip to give you a one week? boost or are you using that chip to set you up nicely for the future as well it's an interesting discussion it is yeah i tend to i tend to only go for the short-term solutions so i'll just look ahead you know uh, at most uh, the next week and then decide okay what do i need but i've learned to that you need to plan a bit more ahead because like you mentioned you know um you need to make sure the players that you want or the pl- the new players that you transfer will also be in your long-term uh, goal because then it saves you from taking any hits and then you can mix that with your with the upcoming fixtures. So it helps to plan ahead um, and also have a, you know a plan B or a plan C even just in case any anything might happen. But yeah, um, something happened. For the first time, I would say in the history of FPL, is that we got given an extra free hit, Callum. What What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, this is a, it is a weird one because it's hard to know whether it benefits us or whether it benefits people who used their free hit last week. I I'm not really one for adding things in after the game started. I feel like the rules were there from the start and maybe that the people who planned a little bit better around COVID maybe have been slightly punished for holding their their free hit. The people who didn't plan as well and were forced into using their free hit have maybe gained something because now they've used their free hit at a good time where if we'd have known last week that we were having a second free hit, we might have used it last week when there were less players playing, where people didn't have to take minus four, minus eight, minus 12, that sort of hit. 
but I'm I'm also okay with it because I know that a lot a lot of what FPL do it for is for the engagement. So a lot of people who maybe don't take the game as seriously as we do, there there are I suppose we have to remember another seven million managers out there who maybe maybe not all of them active, but certainly some of them play the game for fun rather than take it seriously with their rank and things like that. So if it keeps them engaged, then I'm all for it, I think. And even even if it keeps people engaged who do take it seriously, but and as we mentioned earlier, maybe have some mental health struggles around losing a lot of their team against their own control, then maybe it's a good thing to help those people stay engaged for even just a few more weeks until it all kind of blows over. But... I, yeah. yeah, I think I think in in general, um, from what I've read, you know, a lot of people were quite upset with the cancellations or the, the the postponements of the games, and then they were saying, you know, I've already made my changes, um, I've taken hits, and it probably uh, kind of puts puts it on a downer for some of these people. So I think it was a good thing for FPL to give that extra free hit. Um, you could say it was a Christmas present. <laughs> so, <laughs> in in a way, like um, yes, it, it is to keep people engaged as well. Because I, I I think they're probably feeling that some people are a bit demotivated and they feel like they might not continue because of like you mentioned, you know, uh, things are happening out of their control. But mm. in general, you have to remember that at the end of the day, it, it is a game. Um, yes, you know, some people may take it more seriously, but um, I think it makes it more interesting to have these kind of changes because in the past several years, um, it's always been the same. We know what's, what is expected of the game, uh, what to do. And suddenly this year, or even last year, we were given like a, th- a curveball and now everybody's panicking. Um, but if you look at the bright side, um, this is when you should take advantage of that. And some people may kind of lose focus, but if you you know stay stay on stay on your feet and still try to stick to your plan, if you've got mini leagues to catch up on, this is the time for you to take advantage of it uh, and use your strategies correctly. Um, but at the at the end of the day, you have to make sure you, of course, enjoy what you do. Um, it is a game, although it can be frustrating. But even if you get, you know, lesser points than other people, there's always another time where you can bounce back, um, be it in the next few weeks or even the next season. So, but this is a very, very unique situation for everyone. And rather than taking it or looking at it in a negative way, uh, try to see it as a challenge to overcome. And it's good that we have a group that we have uh, here to talk about it. You know, we can share our, um, I guess, disappointments, but at the same time, we can also discuss on how we can work together or at least share our opinions and ideas to find the best solutions in the next few weeks. Very true, very true. And I think, um, you know, a lot of people are or have been feeling a bit down after their 
kind of COVID-ridden transfers. And you're right, it is important to remember that it's just a game and it's not necessarily important to get an overall ranking that's high if you're not happy. So I think the best thing to do is just to try and enjoy the game. And if you can't enjoy the game, maybe step back, take a break, make make transfers, but you know, try not to take it too too hard when things happen because in two years time I think when everything's, you know, I say two years time, maybe longer if uh, <laughs> if and when everything gets back to normal. We'll look back on this season and we'll see that this is like a a one in one hundred season where these things are happening and in my opinion, this kind of curveball that they've thrown us, to, to use your words, will benefit those who plan better rather than those who don't plan at all. So, you know, people may be struggling to um, gain rank in two years' time and, and they'll look back and they'll go, I wish I could throw a curveball into the mix here and I could really use some sort of postponement to go, go in my favour or something like that. But. Yeah. Um, I, I just can I can I ask um, personally, you know, um, if if one game week that your team doesn't do well, um, how do you how do you uh, in a way take that? What 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 is your thought process? Uh, do you, I guess, get disappointed and then you don't want to think about FPL for that, you know, for for a few hours or at least for a night, or do you? Keep analyzing. You know what did I do wrong? Um, could I have changed this? Um, how, how do you uh, personally react to a negative game week? So, I, I, I personally, I, I think I'm very good with taking the emotion out of the game. I get disappointed when things don't go my way, as does everyone. I get happy when things do go my way, again, as does everyone. But I don't think that I I get overly attached to getting, you know, really upset if things don't go well. I'm very much a logical thinker, maybe a lack of emotional thinker in terms of FPL. Um, and so given that I use statistics and things like that a lot. I know that over time, these things happen, but sort of over time, these things will even themselves out. So, you know, I'd, I've never really got too annoyed. I'm sure a lot of people who captain Havertz in game week seven, probably very annoyed. You know, a lot of people who may have gone against Salah at other points, and then Salah's hit them hard, and they've lost, you know, a massive red arrow. Will, um, you know, have been disappointed. But, yeah, you've just got to remember that decisions like that will pay off over time if you think you're making the right call. If you're using, you know, the tools that are available to us, those decisions will pay off. So I, I try not to let it get to my heart. I, I, I try to let it, you know... The, the rank will speak for itself over time, basically. And how about you? How do you deal with it? 
Yeah, so there's been some weeks where, like you mentioned, um, some people might have gone, you know, to to try to do a differential captain pick and pick someone else, and it didn't work out. Um, and then suddenly there's a big change in rank. So, yeah, it's difficult to take at the start. Um, and of course, for, even for myself, I've had a few players who had a lot more points on the bench, and I've just picked the wrong one to play in the first eleven. Um, I think at the time uh, it was West Ham against Chelsea. And Chelsea was on a decent form, and I didn't think that Bowen would have scored. But that game, he actually assisted and scored. And that was, you know, more than 10 points just on the bench. It's, it's, it's a lot to do with, like, should, should have, could have, would have, you know? Like, um, it's hindsight, basically, you know? Um, you, you wouldn't really know that was going to happen. Uh, you know, uh, you have to decide based on facts or statistics. Of course, you would, you know, pick Salah over Bowen to be in your team. So, you it's it's not a bad decision. You just have to not really have that sort of resentment. Um, of course, the first night or at least the first day when you find your results, your points, it it's a bit upsetting. But then the next day, you know, it's a new day and. You don't really think about it, so start planning for the next week. That that's what I do. Start immediately. Last yeah. week doesn't matter. You, you've done what what's happened has happened. You can just yeah, move you on to the basically to the go again. You know, um, can't really do much to change the past. But for example, um, you know how we have that website, Life FPL. Mm-hmm. So of course we want to know. Um, instantly you know what are our points um and even after the auto subs um what what are the the total points that i have right now compared to other people uh i used to or still sometimes check you know during the games uh, how am i doing how am i doing but um it kind of takes out the i not the fun but your your two focused on points rather than just maybe watching and enjoying the match mm. so in a way i try not to you know always look at the the live points straight away because what i saw um from some videos they were they mentioned as soon as you save your team as soon as you um pass the deadline that that's it you've done your team you can't do any changes so just accept it and you know, whatever happens, happens. Yeah, exactly. And uh, another thing to remember if you're checking your live rank during the game is that it's not real. The game hasn't finished yet. You know, you might be really happy with a a big green arrow that currently you've got. Someone scores, your guy loses a clean sheet and someone else, you know, a lot of people have in their team someone who scores and suddenly got a red arrow and you're feeling even more disappointed because you've seen yourself at that higher rank and it, it, it was a, it's a fake rank really isn't it if um the game hasn't finished yet it's almost a fake rank and, and i can even recall one time that sort of happened to me where i thought yeah this shouldn't be happening when um i had the crystal palace defender guayhi and i didn't own rafinha and then in the 95th minute rafinha got a penalty through one of Guayhi's mistakes, unfortunately. 
Quite uh, Rafinha scored. I didn't own him. He had about 60%, maybe more, ownership. Guayhi, who was on for six points, who nobody owned, really, uh, was on for, yeah, possibly bonus points as well. I can't remember. So that was a big swing of about 12 points in the space of one penalty. And I remember I checked my rank before that, and I had a, a green arrow, and I checked my rank after that, and it turned to a red arrow just because of that. So it really is a fake rank until the final whistle goes. Yeah, definitely. Um, another, I guess, the other side of um, not making the right choice can also work out. So I think, um, I think two weeks or two game weeks ago, I had Broja as a sub. And then I put Vardy uh, in my first 11. Because obviously you'd want to play Vardy instead of Broja, right? Um, mm. In general. Uh, but thankfully, Leicester's game was called off. So then I did get Broja in. And that game, he scored a goal and an assist against Crystal Palace, uh, which was points, a 12 points. Yeah. 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 So uh, we also have to think about the, the positives of, you know, not making the right choice could actually work out in the end. Yeah, of course, you need a bit of luck. So there's, there's pros and cons to it, really. Yeah, no, I, f I fully agree. I think, yeah, like you said, the most important thing is not to get too attached to your rank before game week's over. I've always found it's actually quite, quite nice to, instead of watching the games sleep in past, you know, the three o'clock deadline, not sleep in for certain countries, but, or, you know, don't check the football until most of the games are over, and then you can check them all at once, you can see what's going on. I find it a lot more exciting that way, although that's not how I play it. But I do find it exciting to play it that way. So, interestingly enough, if, if, if people are getting upset at certain things that happen in the game, could be worth doing that as soon as you finish making your transfers. Shut the app off, you know, turn, turn off your notifications. Um, don't check your Twitter or Reddit or wherever you like to check to keep the latest uh, news up. Don't check the football scores. And then at 5.30 UK time, open your phone up. You can see five matches in one rather than rather than watching one match and getting frustrated at a particular player not doing anything throughout the whole game. It, it will make your weekend a lot better. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd like to talk uh, a bit about Salah. If you guys, have, I'm not sure if you've already talk, talked about him and potential replacements and potential captains when he goes away. Definitely. So Salah is in Afcon. I think in game week 21, all the way through to game week 25. Do you know? I can't remember now. Um, yeah, so so um, I think I, I, I read somewhere where if you do make it to the finals, it would be either game week 23, 24. It depends when they come back. But you can assume at least three weeks. For sure. So Liverpool's next um, two matches, obviously they've had the game against Leeds postponed. Next week they've got Leicester. Or sorry, the week after they've got Leicester. Um, and the week after that, they've got Chelsea, and then it's then that they're off to AFCON. So, 
In fact, no, they don't even play the Chelsea game. They, they don't play the Chelsea game, the Avcom players. It's just the Leicester game. So yeah. I think the option here is Salah has a blank and Leicester. Now, Leicester's defence has been particularly leaky this year. So what we have to question is whether it's worth keeping Salah for the blank just to play Leicester or whether it's worth moving him on to, say, someone like Son, who has uh, Crystal Palace and Southampton. Do you have any thoughts? Are you, are you likely to sell him? Uh... I think I would let him play the Leicester game. So because... hold him through the blank and then play the Leicester game. Yeah. Um I think I think it's okay to, to keep him on the bench for one week and then play him for the Leicester game. Because um I don't see any big changes for my own team until game week twenty one because that's when there's potential free hits to be made. So, uh, yeah, Leicester, like you said, they are a bit leaky. They weren't like this last year, so I'm, I'm a bit um, surprised. But it could probably be because of the new system or lack of Pofana. Pofana got injured at the start of the season. Yes, um, did, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, it's just difficult, you know, because this is the guy, as people always say, uh, in the form of his life, although he did blank last week, but, you know, he's had, what, like a good 14 game weeks in a row where he got some attacking returns. So we we, we can't just say, ah, oh, he's, he's, he's not going to get anything. It's, it's Salah, you know? Um, yeah. Some, some, someone, someone that I want to bring up as a differential is and as a cheaper option is Origi mm -hmm. he I believe is a striker but at least he can fill that third Liverpool or second Liverpool role so if you really want to free up more options or Origi or Origi um, is a good option if he gets fit because at the moment he is flagged He's got a knee injury because uh, he came on the the times that he comes on, uh, Klopp asks him to come on. He he does the job. He gets a goal, and you can't say no to a four point eight million striker who, if fit, should be in the first team when um, Mane and Salah is gone. Right? Do do you think that's a viable option? I'm not sure because they've got. Minamino, who Mane, if I'm correct, um, I think Minamino will certainly play, um, and so I think it's a toss-up between Origi and because I think Oxlade Chamberlain, I believe, started up front in one of their games recently, and. I was trying to remember where it was now. Let's let's have a look in the midfielders and strikers for potential players who can play there. So, yeah, I've I've got the list now. So, um, yes, Minamino, 
maybe Chamberlain, although I have seen him play for more to the three in the middle. Um, mm. And you've got Jota and Firmino. So potentially, Origi could be a replacement for one of them. Do you think that if he plays, he will do well without the creative assets of Mane and Salah? I think I think he should still have enough um, Liverpool players who can assist him, who can provide the the ball to him. Um, Mane and Salah, yes, will be a big miss, but you still have uh, Trent. To give the crosses and the other midfielders behind him. Uh, I think there was one Champions League game where they it was their last group stage and they were already through. So uh, I think Origi, Origi did uh, start that match and he started in the middle. Mm-hmm. And Minamino was in the middle three with Oxlade Chamberlain. So I don't know if that's going to be the same but it's still a uh you know something that could happen so uh, this is a very i guess niche option because obviously there's probably other better options but i'm just looking at price and a 4.8 striker who who is playing for liverpool that's a pretty good option i believe mm. I, sp- I suppose what we have to remember i suppose is that Firmino and Jota will still be playing. So yeah. might we see Firmino central, Jota left. And then that is that last spot. It, it's Minamino or Origi, in my opinion. And I don't know which one has played more this season even. I... Let's have a look. Um... So... Minamino has played a total of 40 minutes this season. And I really don't think Origi is much different. Yeah, he hasn't pl- he's played 38. So they have played exactly the same number of minutes. So it'd be really interesting to see which one Pop goes for. I suppose uh, if any Liverpool fans have any idea, you know, let us know. Yeah. We, we, we'll make sure in our next episode that we, we cover that a bit better because... Uh, yeah, I'm really not sure who's going to play with Jota and Firmino. Did you so, watch the um the Spurs match against Liverpool? He he gave uh, one of the academy players a debut, T- Tyler Morton. Morton, yep. Yeah. So. Did you think he played well? I don't think he changed much of the game. Um, and I don't know if he picked him because they're like, um, they're missing a lot of people. But he was ahead of. You know the players that we just mentioned, like Minamino, Chamberlain. I believe they were on the sub, on the bench still. So sometimes uh, you get you see Klopp uh, playing these kids. I guess um, I don't know if he's you know if it's just a chance or he actually believes that you know this is the the best player to have in this position at this moment. Yeah. No, I I do agree. It, they've got a, I know they've got a lot of players out, and I think they're going to be losing Cater as well to African Cup of Nations. So I think they're going to be even further reduced in the midfield as well. So you could see him making a few more appearances, really, because they've got four injuries in that yeah. centre midfield: Fabinho, Thiago, uh, mm-hmm. Jones, and Elliot. 
not so, not just um, Liverpool as well. Um, I think a lot of play, a lot of teams now are looking at their academy players to fill up, you know, the bench or even the first team. For example, Chelsea played last night against Brentford, and we fielded three academy players in the first half because Chelsea had a lot of COVID-related um, players and injuries. So this could be us another spanner in the, in the wrench. Or is it a spanner in the works, if I'm not mistaken? Um, basically, you know, we could plan, but all of a sudden, some of these teams suddenly puts a, an unknown player in their first 11, and then our players aren't playing. So that's something we also have to think about in the next few weeks because of COVID. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. Have you got many AFCON players in your team currently? Do you know? Uh, let me check. I think at the moment the only player I've got that's going to Afcon is Dennis and Salah. I think they're the only two from my team. Yeah, I've, got, I've only I've only got Salah. I was thinking of getting Dennis, but I I just haven't had the opportunity. Um, but it's funny because I saw a post and they were saying like, oh, they're they're considering the the, the Nigerian national team are considering him. He's on the provisional list, and I'm like. You're joking. You you need to have him on on the team. Like he's been doing so well. Yeah, exactly. We didn't even make the last uh, Nigerian squad. He he wasn't in there at all. So yeah, I was surprised to see he he hadn't played in their last set of fixtures. But yeah, I fully believe with his form now that he'll be going, and I'm pretty sure he's already been picked, if I'm not mistaken. So I think they narrowed down their shortlist yeah. further. And they've now called him up, so I'm I'm confident he'll he'll go and he'll play. It's just a case of how far Nigeria go through the competition because I don't think their squad's good, but I don't know if it's as good as other squads in Africa. I'm, I'm yeah. really I'm really not too clued up to be fair on how good certain African teams are. Yeah, sure same. I'm just looking at the um, the FPL statistics website, and they have this uh, this. Tab, tab where you can check the trends of transfer trends and there's a big blob for I believe um, I think it's Salah and then uh, people are opting for Son they're opting for mm. for a, a bit of De Bruyne and also a bit, a bit of Smith Rowe so I think people are already planning their their, their change for Salah and I think Salah to Son is actually not a bad shout. Son Son is someone you can rely to score. Although Spurs aren't doing that great, but uh, I, I believe you know fixtures. His fixtures are quite good for, for the next few weeks, right? Yes. Yeah. So I think Son is a a player that seems to be the template player to bring in as a result. I think Kevin De Bruyne could be an interesting addition. Um, provided he doesn't get injured again, I think he could also be a good replacement for Salah. And alternatively, you could downgrade Salah and bring in Ronaldo. Is another good option. I think. I think those three options are probably the best that you have. Um, you know, a lot of people obviously have Antonio, who may or may not play the next game, and is also off form. Is he worth is he worth so, upgrading to Ronaldo? <laughs> and if you downgrade Salah to, you know, a, a 
for uh, sorry, an eight million pound player. To to who? Sorry. So, Antonio to Ronaldo and Salah down to an eight million player. Yeah. Um. Antonio, uh, he he's <laughs> I've had him since the first week. He's literally been someone I've kept since the start, and uh, because of his explosive first few weeks, I think we are kind of holding on to that nostalgia. You know, when is he gonna go back to that form? But in the past, yeah, he eight, hasn't returned now since yeah. game week nine, I think, and before yeah. that, it was game week four, I think. Every time I look at his um, his team selected percentage, I think it, it was close to forty percent up until you know now or the past few weeks. It's insane. That's a lot. Like that's just it could be me. It could mean it could mean that there isn't any other options right now. So they just decided you know we'll just leave him. Um, mm. But you know that's eight million where we could actually use for someone else and. I was really close to actually replacing him, but then when I looked at the fixtures, it's hard to say no to that. Um, for example, right now, they've got Southampton, Watford, Crystal Palace, Leeds, and then Man United. So It's a great fixture on the West Ham currently have. I think that's why a lot of people are holding on to him still, because his fixtures are green for six or seven more weeks. And like you said, there's not a lot of other options, but I do think there is one other option around Antonio's price right now, and that's uh, DCL, Dominic Cab. I think he could make a big return soon. I think when Everton get him back in the squad, he'll be a major kind of asset again. And I think he could be one of the best assets. Yeah, um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin is someone... I was excited to have because, you know, last year he also had a very good start to the. I don't know how many goals in a row in in a game. Sorry, in the ne- in in how many game weeks? Um, and then he kind of dropped off. But people had the same expectations for him this year because I think before he got injured, he also scored about two to three goals in a row. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's happened to him. Like he, it just seems to be a very long injury. So it's good that he's back in contention now that he's in the squad. But is he someone that will suddenly do well after being after being out for so long and Everton not being that great? Like Everton's just dropped off from their early uh, good start to the season. Yeah, I, th- I think it's hard to say because I think DCL. Obviously, definitely makes the squad a lot better. Make Everton a lot better. And for me, it's a mixture of Everton have some really good fixtures. Calvert-Lewin's a proven goal scorer in the Premier League. And surely Everton can't get much worse with him back. So I'm sure with those green fixtures, you know, his price and his ability... I don't see him not scoring it and I'd, I'd say the same if it was Bamford as well if Bamford had those fixtures because Leeds are clearly better with Bamford playing so you know Bamford and DCL are two players that I just can't wait to to return from injury so we can have them back in our teams because like you said people are holding on to Antonio at the moment because there are no other options I think DCL 
will provide that option as a get-out clause to Antonio. But yeah, like you said, I think the fixtures are, are worth looking at quickly for Everton because they've got um, Burnley, Newcastle, Brighton, and then I think they go back to Newcastle after that. Uh, sorry, Norwich first and then Aston Villa. And then they're back to Newcastle. So they have three or four, five, six really good fixtures in a row. And it's leads off to that. So, you know, they've got seven wow. game weeks in a row where they're just, they're playing the teams who are getting smashed week in, week out. And if DCL yeah. can't return for any of them, we might as well not play with any strikers. We might as well just play a five-five-zero. to be honest. Because, <laughs> because it's just not worth it. It's just, uh, you know, those fixtures are perfect for that sort of player. Yeah, I've just seen. Uh, I've just seen that uh, that list of fixtures. That's that's actually a pretty good fixture. Now, now I'm thinking if I should change Antonio for DCL, but I think we have to give uh, DCL uh, maybe a few games just to see how he how he does. Yes, for sure. I for me, as long as he comes on and he looks okay, then he's going to be my transfer. To be honest, like. Uh, he he's someone that I ha- I'm looking at very very highly for getting in. Um, you know I think he's proven himself previously, and I, I, the way Everton play and the chances that Rondon and their academy graduate got, I, I'm sure DCL would have put them away. Let's quickly let's quickly talk about um, captaincy during Avcon. So obviously a lot of people this week since about game week five, most people went away from Salah. So obviously 86% of people still went with Salah. But this is the least amount of captaincy that we've seen on Salah since game week five. And a lot of those captains were between uh, Cancelo, there was a couple on Foden, there was a few on Trent Alexander-Arnold. So do you think those players are still an option for Avcon, or would you be looking at Salah's replacement to uh, captain during those weeks, you know, maybe someone like Sun or someone like Jota, for example, or Igi, if you're really brave? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think it's an exciting time for FPL because now people actually have to think who to captain. Um, <laughs> because back then, you know, you're, you're a bit um, scared that if you pick someone other than Salah, you might get punished. Because Salah has been returning, um, I think last the last game week we had some in the in the league where they picked Cancelo, and I think that was a very good choice. He scored and I think got bonus points. I'm not sure if he assisted, but basically it was a much better attacking return than Salah. Um, I I've had the mentality of you know set and forget for Salah, so. Mm-hmm. I'm excited that we actually can choose other people now, and <laughs> it's 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 hard to say. Ahead. <laughs> yeah, so so usually for captains, I I would go for either midfielder or or a striker because you know they're the ones who tend to score. But the past few weeks, I've, it's just hard to not to ignore to not ignore um, Trent or Cancelo. They've literally just been playing like midfielders. I, I think I saw a stat recently that Cancelo's had about the same amount of shots per game 
and he's played less than Salah. Yeah, he's having one shot every 37 minutes, which is crazy for a defender. That's, that's three shots, a, well, two and a half, three shots a game. So I, I, you know how he's been playing on the left side, right? Mm. Uh, for most of the games. So he's taken over on the right now. So Zinchenko is on the left. So I thought, all right, if he's, if he's on the right, it's going to be difficult for him to take shots because usually if you're a right footer, it's easier if you're cutting in from the left. But he actually scored yesterday, I mean, last game week, by actually just running through the midfield and then scoring an absolute screamer from the, behind the box. So it doesn't really matter now, I guess. And if he's going to keep on doing that, he's, he's got to be my first choice. Definitely. I, th- I think one of the things that we may have forgotten this season, really, is that people need to ensure that they have a captain every game when Salah's away. Because you don't want to be, you know, you could rely on Salah in any game this season, apparently, except for Spurs and Burnley for some reason. But um, nearly every game this season, you can rely on Salah to, to return points. When he's not here, you need to make sure that you've transferred in or have in your team someone who definitely liked to captain. So I guess in the last 10 weeks, 10 to 12, in 10 to 12 weeks we've not had to worry about having a captain almost so now we have to look ahead at each game week coming up and say okay do I have a captain for this game week do I have a captain for the next game week and do I have a captain for the game week after because if you don't you need to find a way to bring in someone that you want to captain on those game weeks and that's going to be really hard with with Covid as well so you're going to be putting out fires and trying to bring in someone who you want to captain. You can always set and forget on someone like Alexander-Arnold or Jota or uh, Cancelo. But, you know, maybe you want to bring in Ronaldo when he comes in against Newcastle or something like that. So it's just, that's I think that's just uh, a last point worth mentioning. Yeah, definitely. Planning is key right now. Planning is key. Planning is absolutely key. Um, okay, what we'll do is we'll wrap it up there for this game week, or not for this game week, for for this episode, and I believe we've got another episode coming out on Christmas Day, tune <laughs> in and uh, listen to that one too. Hazim and your cup fixture as well. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, it's, it's a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure to to be on. I hope to come back on quite soon and uh, have a great holiday to all those celebrating. And hopefully, we'll get to have a very good Boxing Day match. Fingers crossed. No more postponements, please. Otherwise, we'll all be free hitting. Yeah, definitely. Thank you very much. Thank you very much again. And uh, we'll catch you guys later. Cheers. Bye bye.